This podcast is a proud member of the Paranormality Podcast Network. And welcome to episode 26 of Stories of Strangeness. Hello. I'm Mike, Sorry. that's Zoe, butting in far too early. <laughs> do you want to do it again? No, no, I don't want to do it again. No, no, bugger it, it's, that's it now. Professional production values, that's what we have. You won't be th- we've been doing this a year, we still haven't got it. Yeah, we still haven't figured it out yet. Right, yeah, this should be our, This should this be our year episode, or is it the one well, after? it's funny you should ask that, because I have worked it out. Oh, this is go. the 26th episode, yes. which means, as we do it every two weeks, that's 52 weeks in a year. Our next episode will be, I think, the 24th, and our original was released on the 25th. So they should they fall so kind of at the same time. We've managed to do a year and not get it on the same date. Yeah, because <laughs> it's not even, is it, love? It like, is. It's fifty-two. That's d- an yeah, even number. Yeah, I know, but we oh, don't don't. It's maths, love. You're not very good at maths, are you? Excuse me. Who has a computer science degree that required discrete maths as part of it? Yes, but you're very undiscreet. Anyway, anyway. this episode is a Zoe episode, <laughs> so is. have fun with it. <laughs> Let's hope I can get through it without passing out. So, when I was younger, like most kids that grew up in the 80s, I was absolutely obsessed with the films of Ray Harryhausen. For those of you that are not familiar with his work, he is basically the father, the king of stop-motion animation. Absolutely amazing. Films like The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Jason and the Argonauts, and my personal favourite, Clash of the Titans. Although not completely accurate to the original myth, Greek myth, that is. The film tells the story of Perseus, the son of Zeus, and his plight to save the woman he loves. And to do this, he needs the head of Medusa. Now, in the correct telling, it's not the woman he loves that he's saving, it's actually his mother. So maybe a woman that he loves, but not like that. Yeah. Medusa. So that's who we're going to look at first. Mm -hmm. Because her in the film, she was one of my favourite characters. I mean, she was badass yeah like just a crazy snakehead warrior but anyway so medusa whose name means guardian or protector was one of the three sisters born to now here we go for all of my pronunciation of greek names and i apologize in advance so we have phorcus a sea god and keto the goddess of sea monsters and they're like primordial sea gods And so she was one of three sisters, and of the three sisters, Medusa was the youngest and the only mortal. The eldest was named Theno, which means forceful or strong, and the middle sister was named Euryale, which means far-roaming or wide-leaping, and both she and Theno were immortals. The three sisters took their names from aspects of the sea. You know, sea gods for parents, not surprising. Some versions of Medusa's story say that she and her sisters were born gorgons, shockingly ugly women with scaly hides, wings, boar tusk fangs, brass hands and claws, 
and their two most famous traits, snakes in place of hair and a gaze that could turn a man to stone. But the more popular version is that these looks were placed upon her and her sisters. The story goes that Medusa was once a beauty, with cascading golden ringlets. She served as a priestess in the temple of Athena. It was there that she caught the eye of Poseidon, the god of the sea. Some say that she broke her vow of chastity and seduced Poseidon in the temple. Others say that jealous of Athena becoming the patron of Athens, Poseidon took his revenge by forcing himself upon one of Athena's devoted followers. Either way, Athena's temple was defiled. The outcome was that the once beautiful Medusa was turned into a Gorgon. If you follow the storyline that she seduced Poseidon, then this was a curse. Her beauty taken, should she look at another man, he would turn to stone. But if you follow the story that Poseidon forced himself upon her, then Athena bestowed her with a valuable gift. She gave her strength and the ability to look upon any man she pleased regardless of station or rank, be they god or mortal. They would perish under her gaze. Medusa's immortal sisters stood by her throughout, and so her fate became theirs and all three were transformed. Over the years, many tried and failed to take the head of Medusa. When Perseus beheaded Medusa, he did not do it alone. Perseus's destiny had already been prophesied before he was born. The king of Argos, Acrisius, visited an oracle and was told that his grandson would one day kill him. Acrisius's daughter, Danae, did not have a child and to keep it that way, he imprisoned her in a room. The story goes that Zeus visited her in golden rain and thus she became pregnant and Perseus was born. When Acrisius found out, he threw them both into the sea in an old chest. The two washed up on Seraphos where they were taken in by Dictus, the brother of the island's king. Perseus grew into a fine young man, but often found himself at odds with the king Polydectes. Polydectes had decided that he wanted Perseus's mother for his wife, an idea that Perseus did not agree with. And so Perseus sought the head of Medusa. Some tales say that Polydectes gave him the task in hopes of getting rid of him. The Gorgon sisters had been the demise of many men. Others say that he struck out on his own volition for a weapon against the man that sought his mother. Either way, he understood the gravity of his task and being the son of Zeus, used his connections to aid his quest. Hermes provided him with winged sandals to fly him to Medusa's home at the edge of the world. Zeus gave him a helm of invisibility and a sword. Athena gave him a mirrored shield, and finally, the nymphs gave him a bag to safely hold the Medusa's head. Perseus used the reflective surface of the shield to creep up on the sleeping Medusa, and after escaped the enraged sisters using the helm of invisibility. From Medusa's neck sprung the winged horse Pegasus and Chrysior, and they are the result of her union with Poseidon. Once Perseus had used Medusa's head to defeat Polydectes and freed his mother, he gave the head to Athena, who placed it on her shield. You may be wondering about the prophecy, the one in which Perseus was to kill his grandfather, Acrisius. Well, after his adventures, Perseus invented a new sport, not unlike discus, and as he was demonstrating it in public, Acrisius stepped into the path of it and was killed. So the prophecy came true. So as I was researching this, I thought to myself, well, is this a strange enough story? 
But then I thought to myself, well, a winged horse was born from the neck of a gorgon. And, well, there was a gorgon to start off with. So maybe it is strange enough. (laughs) I would say so, yeah, definitely. (laughs) So yeah, I want to go back and talk a little bit more about just film versus real myth. Things that I really wished were real from the film because obviously in the film if you haven't seen it the original I'm not talking about the remake Perseus actually catches Pegasus and flies Pegasus to slay Medusa but obviously that can't be right if Pegasus is actually classed as Medusa's son which is a little odd but yes in in the film she has her lovely snake hair she's very green very ugly with her starey eyes but she's still very womanly even though she has a really big snaky tail yeah but obviously you heard from the description that i gave that you know she was humanoid yeah although she did in some tales have big wings claws but still had legs which i was a little bit disappointed by because i like the idea of her having a snaky body yeah Hey guys, this is Heather and Kristen, the hosts of Sinister Sweethearts podcast, and we want to share with you a little bit about our show. If you're looking for fun banter between old college sweetmates about all things paranormal, sinister, weird, and generally creepy, check out our podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. What's your favourite Ray Harryhausen film? It's Clash of the Titans. It is? Yeah, it's the one I watched over and over as a kid. I mm. absolutely loved it, yeah. I wasn't as fussed about Sinbad, although it was it was all right. And I can't remember the other ones. Jason and the Argonauts. Jason and the Argonauts. Those skeletons right. were amazing. Yeah. But I think, yeah, you, you just you get so many different kinds of monsters. They weren't completely wrong with them, because in, in the film... Some blood leaks out of the bag in the like after he's chopped a head off, That's and right. the giant scorpions yeah. grow out of grow the, out of the ground yeah. and attack them. Whereas in the myth, as he flies over, I want to say Sicily, but okay. I'm not sure that's correct. Some blood drips out, yeah. and the drops of blood turn into snakes. Right. Okay. And also, there's a, a little tale that goes with. Now, I've I've read it two different ways. Some people say that if you took blood from her body, it was poison, but the blood from her head was the antidote. And some people say if you took blood from one side of her, like left-hand side, it was poison, and the other side was an antidote. An antidote, yeah. I'm not sure why you'd want to do either of those. It, You know, it's a fairly big risk. Yeah, it is really. I guess maybe if you're wanting to poison somebody, it's a good way to do it, and then you've got the antidote in case somebody... But, but why, why in, a, in a world where you could use a poisonous plant, would you think to yourself, do you know what, though? I'm going to go over and yeah. see if I can behead this terrifying, like, infamous being. Yeah. And obviously the, the other two Gorgons were immortal. Mm. I think it was uh, Steno being forceful and strong. She was the most uh, prolific killer of the three. Yeah. Yeah, and they were obviously enraged when they realised their sister had been murdered and tried to find Perseus, but he was wearing his invisibility cap and flew away on his sandals, so he was fine. Yeah, you know, they he kind of had all the, all the gear, didn't he, he really? Had, he did have all the gear. He was like um, an oldie-worldie Batman. But then he was a demigod, so, yeah. you know, 
you have to yeah take to what, you, what you can so i always wondered if if medusa ever woke up with bedhead and what that would look like it's like or, all or the snakes the, were over on one side and she couldn't do a thing with them or if they're all just like we hate you today and they're just like you know either cover up her face so she can't see or like all trying to go in different directions or, yeah or they start arguing with each other yeah could like be biting could be. each other or or eventually she just had to put more back into a ponytail like you've done just to keep them out of her face maybe yeah yeah so in the research there was a lot of kind of questioning whether she seduced poseidon or he forced himself on her and then there was from that outcome it was was it a curse or was it a gift now it was athena who gave her this gift or cursed her yeah but then athena also gave gifts to perseus to go kill her so that sounds like it was probably more of a curse then. yeah see that's what i thought but then you see thinking back my sister's done a lot of research into the gods, the Greek gods. She started trying to do a family tree. Yeah. And basically it's incest is us. Yeah. So it's really difficult to tell, you know, where Athena's loyalties would lie. Mm. And also it still gets kind of like boiled down to the woman gets the, the shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. even though Poseidon was, you know, one half of this, whether it was consensual or not, he gets away scot-free, swims off to, you know, swim another day, and she gets the arse end of it. And then, again, like, Perseus needs to save his mum from this bloke. Instead of the gods going, I'll tell you what, we'll just smite him or, you know, send a plague yeah. or whatever. No, no, you go kill somebody else. Like, let's, do, risk- let's do a two for one. Yeah, but go, you go risk yourself because yeah. you could quite possibly die because you're over there. And then they just sit back in Olympus and watch. Yeah, well, here's the thing. So part of the Greek myths were a way to relay how humans evolved, basically. So there's a book that I'm kind of still trying to get all the way through called The Secret History of the World. Mm -hmm. And in that, he talks about some of the Greek myths and... Some of the Greek myths are meant to elucidate the fact that the human form was kind of hardening and becoming more rigid and things like early kind of early proto-humans had a, a similar thing to the fontanelle that babies have in the top of their skulls where it's not completely closed over. Right. And the idea being that the spirit world could and the, and the gods could enter in through that okay. break in the skull. And eventually, when the skull closed over, human beings were cut off from the gods, and the gods were no longer able to kind of walk among them and act through them and things like that. That makes sense, because wasn't there, or hasn't there been a culture where they would actually cut small circles of skull away from the tops of their Yeah, head? I mean, that's from kind of almost Paleolithic periods and things like that, but, but that, through to almost still... the Middle Ages, trepanning or trefining, it was called. Yeah. And it was it was definitely done as surgery and was meant to be survivable because yeah, there are yeah. uh, they've found skulls where parts of the bone has started to grow back and things like that. Well, it does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. But it's also that leads into like Plato's allegory of the cave, which is where Plato tells this story of there are several prisoners chained up in in a cave in a way that they can only face the back wall and they can't turn around. They are chained in there for so long that 
the shadows that are cast onto the back walls by from a fire that's behind them and people passing in front of the fire, yeah. they believe that the shadows are the real world. Right. Okay. So they're watching this shadow play, but they think that is the real world. Now, part of the idea behind the allegory of the cave is that Plato is what was called an idealist, but an idealist in the philosophical sense of the word, which is somebody who believes that the world or the realm of ideas is as real, if not more real, than the material world. So the the realm of thoughts and ideas and things like that is just as real, if not more real, than the material world. You're getting um, a bit Matrix on us, aren't you? It is a bit, it's yeah, like Morpheus, it does, yeah. It? That whole kind of... Exactly, yeah. that yeah, leads into it as well. But the other part of Plato's allegory of the cave, which doesn't often get mentioned, is that the cave is the human skull. So the whole idea is we are trapped in this cave of our skull and we are looking out onto this world of ideas and believing it to be true. And it's not. And that was kind of his point. But yeah, it also goes into like how the gods used to kind of act through people and they used to walk among us and things like that because they could materialize on earth but after the human form became more hardened and rigid they were no longer able to do that so that's partly why in some of the greek myths the gods kind of get involved and do stuff they come and and then later and later into them they act through the the heroes kind of thing and later on they just kind of sit and watch the heroes and don't really get directly involved other than to maybe like you say, give them magical gifts or whatever. So there you go. Yeah, it makes sense though. But also, the bit where you were saying about he appeared to her in a golden rain and and I, got her pregnant, he peed on her. I literally, when I was writing it, I was like, I don't really want to write rain. I'm going to write a golden shower. And I was like, oh no, because I've just changed that scene completely. <laughs> I don't, um, I'm not sure you have. I um, think I think you've made me sure. Well, it, it, it kind of it said it was like a rain of golden stars. Or it was like a rain of golden glitter, and I'm like, what? He had a whiz off a cloud. <laughs> yeah, because basically this <laughs> this room in some like in some of the stories, it wasn't actually a room. It was almost like more like a pit. Right. So it was like to get to it, you had to go down yeah. downstairs, and there was a door to get into it, but it was open to the sky. Right. So he could so just- kind of like the, the the one in Batman where he gets imprisoned. Yes, <laughs> and and because and- actually Perseus was born there. Yeah. And actually, that was really strange because that was his world, just him and his mother. Yeah. And she kept him secret for as long as she could. Which but, actually, that does kind of, that is what Batman yeah. nicked it from, wasn't it? By yeah, the sound Basically, of it was only when I think he was laughing or something, you know, that Acrisius re- like, was like, what's going on? And when he found out, he was like, right, you two are off. I'm not having him hanging around because he's supposed to kill me. Yeah. Put them in a box. But, you know, thankfully... They floated yeah. and were picked up by this Dictus, the fisherman guy. Biggest Dictus. No, uh, <laughs> but, you know, who knows? Have a big friend um, in Wome named Biggest Dictus. But, uh, yeah, they wash up. And Perseus is apparently fine with having gone from one room into a very small box into the entire open world. You know, yeah. there's no agoraphobia. No shock. He's, there's he's no, like... Oh, look at all the stuff. No, he's just like, yeah, let me fly off and <laughs> do all this crazy stuff. And apparently on his way back, after he'd chopped off Medusa's head and was on his way back home, he ran into Atlas. Oh, yeah. Um, the, jo- giant the giant holding giant up, who the, holds, yeah. up the world. And you, t- and you've got to kind of wonder how he 
turned him to stone. Now, in one of the um, stories, it was that as he was flying to get Medusa's head, he stopped and had a quick chat with him and, and Atlas was like, oh, I'm so tired and, you know, I just really wish that I didn't have to do this anymore. I'm, yeah. I'm you know, I'm, I'm tired, I'm bored, et cetera, et cetera. So, was just like, oh, let's turn you to stone then you yeah. don't have to bother. But in others, it was that he was passing by and he wanted to, to stop and kind of get like shelter or whatever or something. And Atlas was a bit shirty with him. So he was like, screw you, boom, and turned him to stone. But then I was like, oh, his name is Atlas. And he like basically turned him to this massive mountain. So Atlas Mountains. It, well, yeah, that's what they're named after. And so, the Atlantic, the Atlantic Ocean yeah. was named after Atlas. Yeah, because it was there was like all the descriptions of the different parts of him and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So that kind of like, you know, flipped that in there. But yeah, I kind of liked, you know, Perseus, demigod, you know, yeah. hero. I think oh, I'm just going to invent a new sport. Yeah. And kill my granddad at the same time. Yeah. Well, you know, again, another two for one. And that's why you should always stand back. Like, you know, Acrisius just wandering out there into, like, you know, the danger zone. Highway to the danger zone. (laughs) Thanks for that. You're welcome. (laughs) Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. But there was no Bubo. No, well, no, I, I think Bubo was invented for the film, obviously. So annoying because he was so cute. Yeah, but there, there was still, there was still mention of Andromeda and Cassiopeia. Yeah, and but that was on his way back. He passed over and saw Andromeda chained to a rock. Yeah, and I think he actually did save her from the. It wasn't the kraken or the. It was the sea monster. Yeah, um, of some kind. I can't remember. I think it was the kraken actually. In the film, it was. Again, it might have been Typhon or something like that in the Can't myth. quite remember. But anyway, he, he did save her and took her for his wife. Yeah. But that was kind of like a, oh yeah, sorry, I've just got to go back and save me, Mum. I'll be back in a bit. And yes. But it was it was interesting. Although I don't know. I say interesting. I maybe a little bit disappointed that Medusa didn't have a snaky tail. And a little bit disappointed that the film maybe wasn't quite as accurate as I've always hoped it was. But yeah, but no, the thing is, with was, films, you know, there's there's artistic license exactly, being taken and I mean, and it's still like a really good film. And, and the chances are, Medusa was given a snake tail because it was a hell of a lot easier to animate than two separate legs. I mean, you're talking about a guy who animated like a dozen skeletons. Love, I don't think that yeah. was the issue. I just think it and, looked better. And at that point, he was just like, "I'm knackered now. I just want to do a snake's <laughs> tail. Bugger this! Those skeletons were a right pain in the ass." I don't think it was just him. I, I believe he had a team, but, you know. Well, you know, maybe, maybe. He's just there, like... Ugh. One dude with, like, a dozen skeletons just going, oh, Running God, around. this is going to take forever. Because you've got to move more all at the same time, just frame tiny, by frame. tiny, 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 tiny yeah. bit. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. oh, no, that one's going backwards, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it would have been amazing to see those... I can't remember which Leica film it is, but there's a bit at the end where they show them actually with the animators in the shots... It's Kubo. It is Kubo, is the it? Two, yeah. And the two strings. It would have been interesting to see Harryhausen done like that. There is actually an exhibition on that mm. should have been on from the middle of last year to yeah. the end of this year because it's, it's, it would have been his 100th birthday. Yeah. And I would love to go and see it, but I think it's up in Edinburgh. Yeah, which not exactly far away. Yeah, and, convenient for you us. Know, but if it goes like on the road, I'm definitely, definitely, definitely gonna try and see it. Yeah. Because that would be amazing. Just 
That would be very cool. Yeah, just all, all the different characters. Just, yeah. Yeah. One thing I do have like a little, there's another little nugget. Mm. So when Perseus gave Medusa's head to Athena, she put it on her shield. Yeah. And that became the emblem of her shield, this, you know, Medusa's head. I think it was called the Gorgonia or something like that. I don't know. Right. And obviously Medusa's name means protector. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that was just like, you know, really convenient or is that what Athena planned all along? She's like, yeah. you know what? I need a really powerful emblem for this shield. So what I'm going to do, like planning ahead, I'm going to curse this old girl. Yeah. And, and then in 20 years time or however long it had been. Yeah. I'll get her head cut off and put on the shield. Mm. Well, there's, there's a bit in the book that mentions about Athena and it says about her and Pallas. So she had a sister called Pallas. Yeah. And they used to spar and train together. And one day Athena got distracted and she slipped and speared Pallas to death. And from that point on, she called herself Pallas Athena as a kind of a tribute to her sister and also as a testament to her own dark side. Yeah. And apparently she carved a wooden figure. And I think, if I remember rightly, Pallas was supposed to be darker skinned. So it was like a darker wood. Yeah. And that was called the Palisade. And it was supposed to be an object of power. Right. And it passed through various hands down the years. And every nation that held it for a while prospered until it went elsewhere. Rome had it for years. And then Emperor Constantine took it to Constantinople. Yeah. And that was when Rome fell, apparently. Oh. I might have got that. I'm not sure I've got that 100% right, but that's kind of what I think it, it was supposed to be. And there were various other countries and, and, and empires that held on to this palisade figure. And whenever they gave it away or got rid of it or it got taken from them, yeah. they suddenly Ooh. didn't prosper anymore. And apparently it is now rumoured to be somewhere in Eastern Europe, which apparently is why there is a big push for lots of places to kind of control areas of Eastern Europe because they're looking for the Palisade to then use that to rule the world. And they still they still believe that it has that much power even now. Apparently so. Wow. Yeah. So it's like an, an ancient artifact that's imbued with power. That's crazy. Yep. Because, I mean, if you're going back to Greek slash Roman gods, yeah, and with the introduction of Christianity, basically calling them pagans and, you know, bumpkins and yeah, all of that, with the dominance of sort of Christianity, you'd think they'd be less likely to be believing in something like that. Maybe they know something we don't. There's a very good chance. But there's, there's chance. you know, there are Christian artefacts that are supposed to be imbued with massive amounts of power, like the Grail the Ark of the Covenant, the Spear of Destiny, you know, all these kind of things that were supposed to have interacted with the Christ. The Sword of Omens. Way. Not so much, no. No? No. Oh. That just gives you sight beyond sight. Which would um, be handy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You could peer into people's houses and go, oh, look no, what we're like, getting up to. We'd be like, oh, is, is the shop open? Hold on. No. no, they're closed today. Damn it. <laughs> okay, I won't go out. Complete mis- misuse on. of power Have of they, the sort of omen. Has the bakery still got those cakes I like? No, they're all sold out. Damn it, they're all sold Bomb. out. Is yeah. it still raining out? <laughs> Just open the window. Oh, yeah, but you've got the sort of omens right there. <laughs> I'm so. not even getting out of bed. Curtains were like, closed. 
If you had to take the head of Medusa, yeah, what would you do? As in, how would I take it? Yeah, how would you, how would you engineer it? Because obviously he used his like shiny shield, yeah, and invisibility. Mm. Oh, but here's the thing. Yeah, really, there's only stories of her turning men to stone. Yeah, so I'd probably just go over and have a chat, yeah. ask her if she wants a cup of tea. Yeah, take some snake treats for her hair or something. Snake oil. Snake oil. <laughs> Excuse me. No, could I could I get snake oil from the snake? Well, no, you put it's like hair oil. You put it on the snake, and they're just like snake ooh, oil. and they just like, like there you go, Medusa. You're all glossy. You look radiant. You yeah. look fabulous. Don't look at me. Don't yeah. look at me. Yeah. I don't know. Am I allowed a guide dog? You're just going to close your eyes. <laughs> the thing is, though, like in again, wave a sword back and forth and. <laughs> Like, comparing the two, in the film, he's mm. there, like, creeping up on her through her, like, stone army, like... Yeah. And there's only one of her, as far as I can remember, and he's got his shield, and he's, like, sort of looking in the... Sh- I'm doing the actions now, you can't yeah, see course, me, yeah. so, like, holding his shield, They're looking in good. it, and, like, swinging his sword around, and she's, like, there, and she's got a bow, because she's this, like, amazing archer, and it's really good, and... He uses it and like props it up. It's a bit kind of like in Jurassic Park where they're in the like hiding from the uh, the Velociraptors yeah. in the kitchen. So yeah. he props that up and he can see her and he just swings it and her head flies off and it's like oh brilliant. In the actual story, she was asleep. Yeah. So her eyes won't open anyway. Just hacks her head off in her sleep. And it's like yeah. oh, I'll just creep up and it's like walking backwards or whatever with his like oh, she's asleep. I'm like you probably would have been better off just looking down at the floor, making sure you don't tread on anything to wake her up. Yeah. And then chopping her head off. Yeah. She's asleep. Unless all the snakes wake up. And but, go, yeah, ah. maybe that's it. Maybe she's got a couple of the snakes on. They're on all like watch. one eye open. Yeah. Beady little eyes. Apparently, dolphins uh, sleep with one eye. I open. saw that as well. Yeah, I think we we came across a couple of the same sites for the fun yeah. fact. Creep up on her. What? Take some mongooses with me. Mon- Fling them at her head. Mongoose. Mon mon guy. Does that mean the young of a mongoose is a mongosling? Mongosling. Oh. Oh, no, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> no, so just throw them at her head and they'd be like, have these massive fights. She'd be like, oh my God, what's going on? Here's the other thing, because, you know, you walk into her lair mm-hmm. and there's all the men that have been turned to stone. Did nobody actually think maybe she was just a sculptor? Maybe she just had like a statue garden of, of all her sculptures and it was like, she didn't actually have the power to turn anybody to stone. She they was just, just that like, good. Yeah, she was like... Yeah, I'm just I'm really, just really, really into sculpture. I'm like I live on the edge of the world, you know. Yeah. There's just me and there's my, my bugger all to do. My but two there's sisters. plenty of rock. No one comes to visit us anymore. Yeah. So I'm just gonna like you know start like doing a bit of masonry bit of or something, yeah. chipping away. And yeah. I've got a really good likeness. I've got a really good eye. Um, Hop over there, she's got a chisel in her hand. Hello. Well, yeah, she she had three other sisters as well. Yeah. Those are the the greys. They were the ones that were blind and they had one eye between them. Yeah. It's like another lot of three. And apparently Perseus had to like, you know, go and beat them up to find where she, well not beat them up, he just like stole the eye and went, I'm not giving it back until you tell me where she is. Stick it with my bum. <laughs> oh, goodness. Get a look at that, look. <laughs> right up there. No, yeah. And apparently we're in a pink cavern. But yeah, it's another three. Like they're obsessed with threes. It's very much yeah. like, you know. Three Gorgons, three Greys, three yeah. Fates, three Muses, three, I don't know, Partridge in a Pear Tree. 
Yeah, it's 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 the old Trinity again, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone loves the Trinity. Yeah, including the Matrix. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, there we go. So I want to give a little shout out to Becca, the West London witch. She is airing her season finale on Tuesday, which I believe is the 11th of May. And I have a little story included in the finale. Very nice. Yes, she gathers people's stories, ghost stories, how they became interested, all sorts of things. And yeah, she asked me to contribute, which I did. If you want to pop over and give her a listen, I'm sure she'd love it. Cool. So that's the West London Witch. Awesome. So where can they find us? I generally like to sit somewhere comfortable. If it's sunny, I'll go outside. Yeah. But if it's not so sunny, probably either on the sofa or on the floor, probably reading, having a drink. Yeah. Or might be at the, you know, once we're allowed, a coffee shop. Sure. Okay. Or or in bed. That's quite comprehensive then. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Where can they find you? On the roof. How did you get up there? Oh, I have my ways. Do you? Really? Yeah. We We don't own a ladder. No, but I've got a hatch into the attic. And then That's, I go up onto the roof and no I wonder scream Amy, at the moon. No wonder the upstairs neighbours were screaming. <laughs> yeah. I have to pass through their kitchen. Yes. And they um, just would not around stop the back of screaming. Their, around the back of their cooker and up through the flue. And through then the I flue. go and scream at the moon from the I th- roof. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say I borrowed Hermes sandals. Because, I mean, let's not... in. They don't use sandals anymore. They use trucks. They don't bloody use trucks. <laughs> don't even get me started on freaking Hermes at the moment. Honestly, if there is a god up there, Hermes, would you smite them? Because they're bloody rubbish. Yeah. We've been waiting for a delivery for quite some so time. Long. They cannot f- get to... Oh, they're having... What was it? They're having problems getting finding to our house. house. No, no, it's not finding. They just said we're having problems getting to the house. And I All was right, like... okay. I forget to lower, lower the drawbridge again. <laughs> is the moat... Too full of angry sharks. Yeah. You know, no, sharks main road, numbered house. Beams on their head. Honestly, anyway. Anyway. We digress. I'm just going to turn always. the page of my diary so that I know. You'd think after a year I'd remember these. I still do not. Excellent. It's excellent, isn't it? So, if you'd like to email us about any of our episodes or just tell us your own story, you can email us at storiesofstrangeness at gmail.com If you want to keep up with us on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash storiesofstrangeness We're on Instagram at storiesofstrangeness Twitter at sostrangepod And if you want all of that information again, you can check out our website storiesofstrangeness.com <laughs> Funnily enough if you would like to support us, we have a Redbubble account where you can buy our beautiful logo and artwork on various items. Yep. You just need to pop on to Redbubble and search for Zoe and Mike, all one word. Yep. And uh, yeah, you can get a look at what we've been sketching. And we also have a Patreon account. Yes, we do. And for, was it one, one pound, pound a, month? a month? Yep. You can say thank you very much. And help support the show. And uh, we will be forever grateful and we'll give you a shout out. And for Literally, we will scream it. No, shout, not scream. Scream's a bit too harsh, isn't it? Fine. We'll say it very loudly and with lots of appreciation and love. And what's the next tier? 
Three pounds a month. And for three pounds a month, you get... You get uh, time-lapse videos of the art that we've done and put on Redbubble. You get outtakes and you get minisodes. And we've just recorded a minisode tonight, which is our 12th minisode, which is on the Dancing Plague. So you can listen to that if you're interested. Chuck us a few quid, get some interesting content, and Bob's your uncle. No, he's not. It's Dave. All right, fine. Dave's your uncle then. Yeah. Ruined a perfectly (laughs) good phrase. Okay. Do we have a fun fact? No. Fine. Buggier then. I couldn't find one I liked. No, I couldn't find one I liked. I looked at about three websites of interesting and weird and odd facts, and all of them were boring as chuff. What did I find? There's a pink dolphin somewhere. There is. uh, Florida, I want to say. Probably. I feel like someone maybe just massaged pink hair dye into a white dolphin, though. Maybe, yeah. Could Um, be. Fun fact. If you bring me cider and cookies, I will be your friend forever. Okay, good. Fun fact. If you stretch out the entire population of the Earth from the edge of the atmosphere outwards... They'd all die from lack of oxygen. (laughs) Absolutely true. So this week, instead of giving you a fun fact, we're going to tell you three facts about ourselves, except one of them will be a lie, and you get to guess which one. So, Mike, three facts, two truths, one lie. Okay. About yourself. Okay, fact number one. I once met Mark Hamill at a Star Wars convention. Fact two, I have stood at the lowest point in the Western Hemisphere. And fact three, I have stood on the top of the highest active volcano in Europe. Which do you think is true and which is a lie? Okay, my turn. I once painted myself completely silver and wore nothing but basically a silver pillowcase and stood for an entire day as a human statue in a shopping centre. At the age of around 16, I learnt to fight with a nine-foot spear. I once accidentally walked into a men's toilet when I was at a gig and walked in on Noel Fielding. Whoops. Which was true. Which was a lie. So, if you're still here, thank you for getting to the end of this episode. But also, if you're still here from the very beginning, thank you for sticking with us for this entire year. It's been amazing, interesting. I've learned some stuff. And thank you. When we started this, we were, I think, just finding something to do during lockdown. But it has become something that I can't think the word for. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you tip box. During the last year, we have almost touched 4,000 downloads. Wow. We're on 3,954. So hopefully this, this episode will, will push us over the 4,000, which I think is doing pretty good in a year. Yeah. And in that year, we've had listeners from the United States, the Hi. UK, Australia, G'day. Italy, Canada. Ciao. The U.S. Virgin Islands. Oh goodness! Finland, Taiwan, Denmark, Ireland, India, Norway, Romania, Singapore, South Korea, Sweden, France, Israel, Japan, Lithuania, Russia, and Turkey. 
That Hello to all of you. Amazing. Hello. We're um, astonished that you listen in, but we're also very grateful. With that note, with it being a year, we're now going to take a break for four weeks while we recuperate and refresh. And I hopefully don't have to edit anything for a few weeks at least. And then we're going to come back with season two. So we'll be returning on the 7th of June with season two. Can't in, wait. In the meantime, if you've got anything you would like us to cover, give us a shout and let us know. Yep. You should have already have heard the email address, but just in case, it is storiesofstrangeness at gmail.com. But yeah, Instagram, Facebook, hit us up. Get in touch. Tell us what you've liked about the first season and maybe what you didn't like as well. And with that, we will see you very soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Love you. Thank mm-hmm. you.